illuminate things in the spirit realm, illuminate things in the word of God and work to strengthen the believer. I am Ruben. I'm your host for today. I hope you guys have been doing well. I hope you guys have been having a beautiful, beautiful, blessed couple of weeks now. As you know, um, there was no podcast, no episode last week. And uh, yeah, so... I hope you guys went ahead and took that opportunity to go back and uh, look at the last podcast, last episode, because I really feel in my heart that this is a word that the Holy Spirit has for the coming time and the coming movement. There's a prophetic release happening in this coming time, and I just feel this urgency in my spirit. I feel this this pull this excitement there's something coming there's something happening there's something moving and i hope you all all you guys feel what i feel or sense what i sense um so last week we went ahead and spoke on the acts of a believer we spoke on the acts to church we spoke on what the coming movement will look like we spoke on what the holy spirit was going to look like and going to operate under so this week we're going to go ahead and go ahead and go into a next segment of the same thing this will be called the acts of the believer part two so before we get there let's go ahead and open up with prayer holy spirit we welcome you we welcome you we welcome you we welcome you we love you this is not our life we love you more than our life we love you and we say come in and have your way we know you are here with us but we say have your way and take control teach us guide us mold us into what you need us to be thank you for giving us this word that you are going to deliver let it not be from my lips but let it be from your lips let it not be just simply from a place of charisma or eloquence, no eloquence of speech, but let it be life and life more abundant as being delivered straight from your spirit. We ask you to come in like never before and breathe on us afresh in your mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, today we are speaking on the acts of the believer part two this is part two this is a two-part segment or series and we are going to speak on the church the acts church specifically and what that how that church pertains to the modern church how that church pertains to what we should be operating in and what we should be um looking like in this modern church uh, many have believed that uh, signs and wonders and tongues and things of this sort are not important and they are uh, they have ceased for today they've ceased and they don't work they're no longer in operation and <laughs> i just laugh when i hear that because that's that cannot be true because the things going on in this world you see the the disease you see the hurts of the people you see the violence and the strife you see all of this happening and to simply say that all of this is happening but there's no solution rather than the solution the one who came to destroy the works of the devil and to to um to tear down 
his strongholds and his powers to think that all of this is happening and there's no solution is quite a scary thing it is a tactic of the enemy to take away the solution that is jesus but we all know that the solution shall never be taken away because he is the way he is the truth he is the truth and he is the life if he is the truth, if he is the life, death cannot squander him because life goes into the place of death and it automatically turns that into life. Today we are speaking and we know that the Acts Church is not dead. We know that that book of Acts is not dead because... As long as the Holy Spirit is in this earth, as long as a believer is in this earth, coupled with that sweet spirit, with that precious spirit of the Lord, there will be signs and miracles. There will be things that happen on this earth. The Lord has his mouthpieces. He has his hands. He has his body. As long as we are in the earth, the book of Acts will still go on. And it never ceases until the day of the Lord comes. Until the day the Lord comes, we shall be His actions. We shall be His hands. An act, an act is defined as taking action. It's defined as to do something or doing something. An act is a move. It's a verb. It's a going. It's a mandate, a nature instilled in the believer or Jesus he, Jesus spoke, as Jesus spoke into the disciples, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. This wasn't only a command to do in this life, but it was a command to become, to be. That simply, we should not just go and do as an action. It's a, a, a command of transformation. It's a command that said, become, become the life. Become the gospel. Be a living example, a living epistle of my gospel so that the world may see you as a, uh, you are a house on a hill, a lighthouse on a hill. You, you have a grand, grand show for the world to show the world that the gospel is alive through your life. That is a form of acts. That's the form of the Acts. Uh, the Acts church was a, a church that spread the gospel, but not only spread it, they lived it and looked like it. We are to look like the gospel. Our original design was to be able to walk in the cool of the day with God. And after that, we do see after that original original intention, that original function Afterwards, we see in the Garden of Eden, we see then the animals come to uh, are brought by the Lord to Adam. Then we see all of this being brought to Adam, his assignments, his his direction, because first and foremost, we were created to love and be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the Lord and with God, the Father. We were made to be in that relationship. And from that relationship, then our assignment, then our, our, um, our, our everything flows out of it. Because without a foundation, surely a house will fail. Surely a house will fall. The Holy Spirit is doing a work. The Holy Spirit is doing a work in us that by osmosis he may transform us 
into the transformation the world needs and by osmosis because we are being transformed the world will be the world will be transformed through our transformation how can you work to transform something how can you work to move something how can you work to change something if you yourself are stuck in bondage and cannot change or uh, uh, access the thing that that world needs how can someone if you truly understand the, the things of God, if you truly understand the mandates and the assignments, if you truly understand the power and authority of God, how can you not operate it in yourself? I don't want to get something from someone they can't operate under. Then that shows me that person has no power. But we work and we, we work to get power. We work to get that transformation i want to be changed i don't want to be tickled i don't want my ear to be tickled i want that transformation the axe church is not a church that sits it's not a church that is that is stagnant it's not a church that is sleeping it's a church that's awake it's a church that's on fire it's a church that is moving in the works of christ and more there's a shifting and taking place in the atmosphere. And I've been saying this for the, the past few weeks, maybe a month. There's a shifting in the atmosphere taking place in the Holy Spirit. He's beginning to move and there's a mighty, mighty rushing wind like Acts 2, like I said last, last episode, coming to shake loose that of the old. He will shake loose that of the old. When a wind comes, it unsettles. It unsettles the things that aren't tied down. It unsettles the things that aren't firmly anchored and rooted and the things that do not belong will be to be swept away the holy spirit is coming in to sweep away the old time religions and the doctrines of men and the doctrines of devils and the things that do not belong on this earth he will shake away no not to be done with forever not to be done with forever because we know that the holy spirit come he, he the lord has not come back yet but he's going to shake the things. And this is why this, this stuff is happening. Well, yes, it is an attack of the enemy. But while this attack is happening, things are being shook. And while that shaking is happening, we are seeing who the real believers are, who the real Christians are, who the ones who actually have power and have access to that authority. We are moving. There's a move coming. And we have to operate in these acts and these actions, in these beliefs, in these, and that, that they're not just intelligence, not just words, not just uh, knowledge, not just information coming into our minds, but they shall be uh, things that flow out of us by osmosis because we have a connection to heaven, because heaven lives in us. If you, like I've said in the past episode, heaven is in us. So if heaven's in us, heaven should be flowing from us. We are the Acts Church. Last week we spoke on Acts 4. And we saw the the um, church at Pentecost. And we saw the, the belief as they were striving and believing and praying and fasting and hoping to receive the Holy Spirit. And we see the promise of the Holy Spirit comes. And it comes not in a, a, a small way, but it comes as a mighty power. And it came to bring the gospel and to power the gospel. We see Peter rise up and we see him stand and speak the gospel. We know that the gospel is inspired. The gospel is empowered. The gospel is infringing upon the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. 
So the ex church is relying on the Holy Spirit. How can you say you are a Christian and yet you deny the power of the Holy Spirit? If you do deny the power of the Holy Spirit, you're under a form of religion. If you deny the power of the Holy Spirit, you're under a form of religion. That is not, that is not, that's not a believer. That's not a believer. You may believe that the Lord is, you may be a believer, but you're denying a huge part, a huge, huge part of the Trinity. How dare we? How can we say we love God and yet we say, no, there are three of you, but I deny one part of you. I deny. How can you do that? How can we do that? They are one. They are together. Let's go ahead and go to Acts 4. Uh, today I'll be speaking out of Acts 4. So I'll give you a little time. Go ahead and go. And just we'll start with verse 1. Acts 4 verse 1. In this passage we see the priest and the captain. The priest and the verse 1. The priest and the captain of the temple garden. The Sadducees came up to Peter and John. And they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed. Because the apostles were preaching the people. Or teaching the people. Proclaiming. In Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who had heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, we, if we are called to account today for an act of kindness shown unto a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. And that man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the chief cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw courage of Peter, the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could not see the man had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the, the Sanhedrin and uh, confer together. What are we going to do with these men? These men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further amongst the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Okay, so we see that Peter and John are being brought before a trial because 
these religious folk, these religious people, they they're disturbed because that which they tried to destroy was in Jesus is now operating and it's now with a further force, a stronger force, a stronger punch. We see that they once were telling Jesus, Jesus, you should not be operating under this. You say you are the son of God. You say you are this and that. And they even tried to kill him. But we see now he comes back and that which they tried to kill has become way more of a weapon way more of a weapon, way more of a danger, way more of a, a threat to them because we see that now not only are they performing signs and wonders, but now they even are boldly claiming resurrection power, which is under the power of Jesus Christ that he they couldn't take him down. He is now arise, he's now arisen and he's now uh, um working under the power and his name still works. His name is still functioning and under this name they are preaching and performing miraculous signs, which is funny because they didn't have necessarily have a problem because someone was being healed. They had a problem with the name they preached under. So it's funny that we see Satan's agenda in this. It's not only to, to deny the power, to deny what's working under. He, he tries to blaspheme and slander the name, tries to make you take away the name of Jesus why because Jesus' name has all the power they they not only are like scared because they couldn't do it they couldn't they couldn't do away with Jesus but his name has reached a level of fame a level of power that they couldn't stop they can't stop they can't touch it and they try to get rid of the root of the power and that root of the power is Jesus what he has done in his the power that has been placed in his name as they preach under his name in this Acts 4 passage as they preach under his name we see again again starting with verse 5 excuse me verse 8 we see that Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit what comes out of his mouth when he's filled with the Holy Spirit the gospel it says, being filled with the Holy Spirit, if we are being called to account today for acts of kindness, okay, it speaks of all the person, how the, a good thing was done, and then it speaks of Jesus' resurrection and his His power and all he has done, that they tried to re to kill him, but he has been resurrected, and he has now, now, the basis of everything they believe in. So being filled with the Holy Spirit, first off, should always be rooted in what comes out your mouth should be rooted in, in Christ, rooted in Jesus, rooted in his works. But not only that, you should, your life should be rooted in the gospel. Like I said before, I, um, when I started all this, the Acts Church, the Acts Church, not just Acts 4, not just Acts 2, but the Acts Church, the 2020 Acts Church is functioning and rooted. It should be rooted in believer who is founded in the gospel and his life has become the gospel, not only spreading the gospel, not only teaching, not only preaching, not only making disciples, not only changing this world, but him himself. He has been transformed by the gospel. He has been moved into a new creature. And that new creature who lives in him is Jesus. As the Bible says that we have been crucified with Christ and the new creature who lives in us is now we have been um killed we are now dead but jesus lives in us through us through by, by the power of his resurrection by the power of his works we now live in him
the Acts Church should be rooted in the life of Jesus. And I don't necessarily mean just the Gospels. I mean his actual life as he is living now. We should be rooted in the life of Jesus. That means everything he came to do, everything he came to give, everything he came to accomplish, his authority, his power, everything he mandated, he spoke on us and said, I give, I send you the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit should be anointing us. All the things that accompany Jesus, all the things that accompany everything that he came here to do, we should be operating under, we should be empowered in, and we should be transformed to look like. The Acts Church should be a church full of authority and power because the same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave lives in us. The Acts Church is a powerful church. Not a, not, not, not a weak, little, mousy, quiet church. Yes, at times we may be quiet, but when we speak a loud roar as a lion comes, because the Lion of Judah lives in us. So we go on and we see because this sign and wonder happened, not only which they preach, what, what they preached, but demonstration followed. Because demonstration followed, the people who tried to speak against them couldn't deny, could not deny, couldn't stop what was going on. Because yes, you could preach, oh, Jesus is dead. That's not, that didn't really happen. You can try to deny, but when that power has been, has been that virtue and that healing power has been um, expelled, when it has been, when it's been released, when it's demonstrated, you can't deny it. You cannot deny it. And it reminds me, as the prophets of old, remember when Jezebel and her prophets um, were trying to conjure up the, the, um, their, from their God. And we should be the church that says, Lord, answer. We, we will be the God. Our answer will God, our answer from God, rather, will be by fire. And our God will answer. He will show up. He will demonstrate. He will show us. He will show the world what he will do and who he is. Our God is the God who answers us. Our God is the God who demonstrates. He not only shows up and gives you an answer, he gives you the solution. Not only, and what I mean by this, there's a difference in what I mean by answer and solution. In this this regard, I mean, the Lord can give you an answer and he can say, Lord, like if you're, you're, let's say you're sick in body, let's say you need something, let's say you're in need or in lack, he say, this is the solution. But the Lord is not only giving you an answer, he will give you the manifested solution as well. If our God simply just whispers things that we should be doing all the time and ways to get things if that's just it and he didn't give us the manifestation of things then he can easily be reduced to a self-help book but he's not because he physically manifests the things he physically by our faith by by his by faith in him by belief in him we see the lion the blind can now see and the lame can walk. Why? Because it's not by... He doesn't say just go go to the doctor. Which he could have done. That's, that is an answer. But he gives a solution on the spot and says, go and be healed. The manifestation 
of the power of God is operating in the church now, and it should be operating in the church now. And if it isn't, this this right here, this podcast, this, this episode is a call for deeper things. It's a call for deeper things. Is the miraculous power of the Lord is the virtue, the healing virtue of God is everything that he is, everything that he came to do, is it flowing in your life? And if it's not, I encourage you and I challenge you, look at yourself. You need to look and, and, and evaluate your life and see what is going on in your life. Are you really connected to Christ? Are you simply a spectator? And then we see going on to verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them as you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your mouth of of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage? Why do people's people's plot in vain when the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one? Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus. Whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided before should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal. Perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Again, we see, like I just said, so after the, this thing happened, they go and pray. They go back and report everything and they go straight to prayer. They go straight to speaking with the Lord and consulting the Lord. And they say, Lord, we have been shook and we have been told. They told us we can't speak under your name. Why is this happening? And, but no, no matter what, nevertheless, we will speak under that name. Anoint us from on high. Give us boldness. And perform like never before. They took this as a challenge. And while they were cha- while they were challenging. In their heart they took it as a challenge. And while they were challenging. It says the place was shaken. And they were filled with the spirit. And began to speak the word of God boldly. Too many times when we are scared of things. In this world we're scared of things. And we're scared of the effects of other people. We're scared of what you, people like the Lord is telling you to do something and we're too reliant on the opinion of people that we're we make them our God in a sense we make them our stumbling block and they become the stumbling block and we just simply take it instead of going straight to the Lord and saying you know what I know this is what the Lord had me to do I know this is what the Lord is telling me to do I know that this is his direction and I know because it's been backed by his um confirmations spiritual divine confirmations and yet we we simply fold because of people instead we should go to the holy spirit we should go to the lord and we say lord i know that this is where i'm at but shake it shake us shake us up shake us up shake us up and give us boldness to do what we have been called to do before 
your face, before your view, before your eyes, before everything, before the eyes of everyone. Let us be able to boldly do what you have called us to do without, without being moved by these other people. People are going to hate. People are going to disagree. People are going to slander you and people are going to try to discredit you. But let me tell you, where the accuser of the brethren works against you, the power and the grace in the Lord Jesus Christ and everything he is and his power of his Holy Spirit working through you is way more powerful than that of which can try to come against you. If Satan is the accuser of the brethren, Jesus is the uh, complete opposite. He is the one, and it says in the Bible that, that the blood of Christ speaks better things, speaks greater things of us. He is constantly our intercessor. He is constantly the one who uplifts. He is um, The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He is our provider. He's everything. Jesus is everything. The Father is everything to us. So, no matter what comes against us, there is a solution. There is a thing that you can stand in and rest in it and it is everything that Jesus is and your identity in Jesus when the Pharisees come against you in your life and when they tell you you can't do this you cannot do this and they say you can't do it because it is not it's making them look bad they're, they're jealous it's making them look bad or it's it's completely shaking up their religion it's completely shaking up their legalism. It's completely shaking up everything that's in them. You can come back and you say, Lord, give me extra boldness to deal with this. And in that, we'll go further than what the enemy is trying to stop. We're going further than what the enemy is trying to stop. We move on to verse 32. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, from the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so we see that again, like last week, our last episode, like I said, there was now, all the, the apostles were in... Unity, where they were in a spirit of unity, and not only in that spirit of unity, that spirit of unity moved them into a spirit of generosity, and that spirit of generosity moves them into a spirit where they lacked nothing, they needed nothing, they had no need. The Lord provided every everything that they had, and to the point to where all of their extra things they no longer needed, all of the extra stuff that they no longer needed, they were so provided for that they could sell and get rid of the extra stuff, the 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 properties and the the places, and and they took the money and they provided for the rest of the people, and it was overflow into the ministry, and it was distributed to anyone in need. How powerful we see that. The Acts Church, it's a church of generosity. It's a church of, of, of unity. It's a church of, of um, 
people banded together as brothers and sisters. We see that, and we've been seeing in this pandemic, we see people banding together and helping each other. We see people who have been in need and, and people willing to help. Where are the Christians? Where are the believers? As you see your brother or sister in need, you should see, you should see the opportunity to help. Everything that's mine is yours. Everything that's yours is mine. And not in a sense to own, not in a sense to take control, not in a sense to um, take advantage of, but it's in a sense of when you are in need, I will scratch your back and you will scratch mine. And I'm not saying in a sense of entitlement, but in a sense of love, in a sense of love. We see that the Acts Church is a church that is moving to be together, to be in unity, not in strife. So any person, anything in strife, anything trying to cause strife, anything that's not willing to be in unity, anything that's not willing to move together in that form, anything that is distracting from the move, I dare say is not moving in the spirit of God. We are brothers and sisters. The ex church is a, a church and a movement of brothers, sisters, sons and daughters. We are family. And through that power of a family in Christ in the spirit of God comes power because they are banded together under a grand union, a spiritual divine union that will cause a shaking in this earth. The Acts Church is coming once again. The Acts Church is coming once again. All that I, I I'm seeing today, all that I'm seeing, I just I feel this grand pressing in the spirit. I feel this grand pressing, saying, "Come deeper." come deeper it's not it's not okay just to be saved anymore it's not okay just to be saved and have your salvation settled it's not just okay to be where you're at it's not okay it's it's time to go deeper and it's time to be transformed into a grand a grand grand mouthpiece and a grand part of his body to where we were beginning to operate and move and shift this world the world is crying hungry it's crying for a healer it's crying for people to come the sons and daughters to come and rise up and to come and give the solution of christ jesus we see that the fear is shaking people we see that sickness is riddling people it's riddling homes it's it's undoing people it's undoing homes and families we see people dying unnecessarily we see souls being lost we see all of this and as the church we should not be asleep we should be proactive we should be engaged and we should move and try to touch the world in whatever capacity we can, any way we can, in, in acts of kindness and spreading the gospel and generosity and our generosity and our giving and our our demeanors and our loyalty in our favor in our anything, everything, everything in our lives, we should see the church at work. If we are willing to be the acts for church, we are willing to give up everything in the sense of 
We're willing to give up everything. We're willing to give it all up. Because our only need, our only desire is that the world is touched by the Lord. And I'm not saying this under the sense of an act of poverty, a vow of poverty. I'm not saying this under the sense of any of that. I'm not saying this under false humility. I'm not saying this under false judgment. I'm not saying under false false um, submission. I'm saying that our lives are working to move forth who Jesus is in every area of our lives. And we should be looking for that in this season. Is Jesus being shown in every areas of our life? Every area of our lives. Is Jesus being shown? Is he being represented? Is he being spread? And if not, we need to work to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and do a work. Because he's doing a work already. He's doing a work in us. So that the work can come out of us. And it's nothing that we do. But it's by his spirit. That we should be full. So full of the spirit. So full of everything he is. So full of his identity. So full of heaven. So full of everything. That we operate from outside. We operate from outside that place. We operate from that that overflow. We operate from everything he is. The Holy Spirit takes ordinary men. As you see in Acts 4, they saw these men and they marveled because they felt, they knew they were uneducated. They saw they were uneducated. The Holy Spirit and divine power of the Holy Spirit takes lowly, uneducated men, ordinary men, and makes them unordinary, makes them peculiar, makes them extraordinary. It makes one divinely powerful not in their own might but in but in the power of the spirit of god it takes someone who is a murderer it takes a paul a saul and turns him into a paul it takes someone who is a murderer it takes someone who we as humans believe is beyond grace And it takes him and it changes his life. It shakes him up. Like I said, as they prayed, they were, the place was shaken. Where is that in our lives? That as we pray, a shaking goes on. A shaking goes on in our lives. Where is that? There are deeper things. And truly, we are called to deeper things. Truly, we are called to deeper things. As I, as usual, as I was making this, I heard from the Lord, and the Lord gave me a word, and as He said, "Times are growing darker, but the light of God will shine ever so bright. Yes, that much brighter. Exposure is happening in the body of Christ. As if you were to turn off the lights, you would really see whose lights were really on and whose were merely." For appearance, and as he said this, I had this vision in my mind. I saw like uh, the lights go out, and I saw flashlights being illuminated. But there were some flashlights who gave the appearance of illumination before the lights went off. But while the lights went off, you can obviously tell it was just a fake. Fakes are being exposed in this coming time. Exposure, he goes on to say. 
is the call or beckoning of the deeper things, not necessarily made to condemn, but to be seen as an invitation to step into the deeper things in me. And the deeper things in me, says the Lord. I am coming soon, the Lord said. I say again, and I am coming in a move that requires my sons and daughters to rise. So step out to a place allowing me to prepare you. The wisdom of this world is being exposed to be seen as foolishness as it carries no weight against the spiritual things. My wisdom I am giving to you. My power I am giving to you. I am relinquishing it to you. Walk in this power. Walk in these truths. The ones that already have been founded from the foundation of the earth, even from the forming of the heavens. Let all that I have imparted lead you to overflow into the life of others. Let these acts coming shout into the eternity. Let hell be shaken forever and ever by my power and my name, says the Lord. I feel a shaking in the spirit. I feel a shaking. I feel a shaking. There's a urgency. And it's not one. In my spirit, I hear alarms. I hear alarm like like a bomb is coming. Like it reminds me of like um like World War Two or something of that sort. When there's planes overhead and there's bom- bombing coming, there's an alarm co- going off, a grand alarm. And I sense in my spirit this alarm is not an alarm to fear for the believer. It's an alarm that is saying. To the world, look out for what's coming. Yes, the the darkness is coming, but there is something coming that is grander. There's something coming that is divine, and the heavenly, the heavenly bombing of this world is coming in the sense of a good thing. It's the heavenly is gonna the 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 earth is gonna be bombarded by the heavenlies. The heavenly things is going to be barraged by the heavenly things. And there's going to be a revival like we've never seen before. There's going to be a movement like we've never seen before. And it is starting with the yielding of yourself. It's starting with the yielding of your spirit. It's starting with the yielding of who you are. To yield yourself to the identity of Christ in you. Step out from who you are and walk in the identity of Christ. And when you walk into that identity, this you will be in this grand orchestration. And the world will not see what's coming for them. The world will never guess, never guess what's coming. And what's coming is good. What's coming is sweet. What's coming is godly. And I just pray, I pray over us, Lord, may you just... I just pray that we don't miss it. Let me go ahead and pray over you. I pray, Holy Spirit, we don't let us miss it. I pray we don't miss it. I pray that you seal us and you guide us and you you mold us and prepare us for the coming days. Because I know that the enemy is trying to attack and trying to cause fear, trying to cause division, trying to cause strife, trying to cause people to be weaker and 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 trying to make the believers weary but i know that the life of you is coming and the impartation of all you are is coming so 
eternal life of God. We call. We call you to be shaken up in us. We call you to be stirred up in us. We call you to be stirred up in us that the death, the dead things in our life shall be overcome by the life in you. Overtake us. And move us into your grand orchestration. Move us into all that you are. We love you. We need you. We rely on you, Holy Spirit. We rely on you, Jesus. And we say all that you are, let us be. Because we already are. In your sweet, sweet name, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I I thank you for this... Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for all that y'all are doing. I just, I know I'm a bit um more serious today. I'm a bit more seemingly somber. It's not it's not a somberness, but it seemingly a uh, more chill mood. It, I just feel this like pressing in the spirit. I feel this grand thing. I, I don't know. I, I just can't shake it. But I hope you've enjoyed this message. I hope you've enjoyed everything that has been spoken over. Um if you liked it, go ahead and follow. Go ahead and follow uh, on Apple, Spotify, whatever you're listening to, YouTube. Um, if you feel led to donate, if you feel led to sow into the ministry, there is a PayPal link in my description of the YouTube video. There's also um, a Patreon if you want to partner up for a longer period of time, um, monthly. Um, there's also... If you don't have connection to that, you can go ahead and and um, reach me on my Twitter. Twitter it should be under R E W B S S R E W B S S. Let me double check that because I always get that wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, R E W B S S underscore rather. Um, if you want to uh, contact me via the Instagram, the podcast Instagram, that is. W T L I Pod, W T L I Pod. That is, we have a podcast uh, Instagram now. It's been doing pretty good. Probably need to be more consistent on that. <laughs> but yeah, um, please, if you enjoyed this, if you um, like this, um, leave your comments, leave your testimonies, leave if the Lord told you anything while this was going on. If He's speaking to your heart, if if this spoke to you. Um, Anything, whatever you have to say, encouragement, um, feedback, whatever, just go ahead and feel free to leave it. Um, I hope you have a blessed day. I hope you have a blessed week. And I hope that this has come to you and it just penetrated your spirit. But nevertheless, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.